Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We're starting a, we're starting this, we call it, We Your People. And we're going to talk about the things that we share together, the things that are common among us. So with that, may, may I ask you to stand with us uh, and turn your Bibles with me to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, there you go. We'll begin reading from verse 13. Today we're going to talk about our shared Lord and our shared Faith, found in Matthew 16 in verse 13. Let's read that together. There you go. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you because as a church, as the church together, we share so much in common. We pray that we would understand it, embrace it, walk together with each other, and fulfill your purpose through us for the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take your seats. I'm John, by the way. Uh, I, I serve as one of your pastors here in Victory Santa Rosa. And we hope that our journey together the past weeks, you know, has really helped you. We talked about As For Me and My House, talking about our homes, about the way that we would like to lead our homes to be on mission for God. And then we talked about Stable and Sure, the idea that the church is founded on the cornerstone. Now, as we start this new series, this is actually, this, this is similar to the previous, to the previous two weeks. But this time, we will focus more on the things that we share together. And we will talk about eight things. Eight things that we share together as the church. Today, we begin with shared Lord and shared faith. Just last uh, Thursday, uh, it was our first time to meet with our victory group. So it was introduction time. So we were introducing ourselves to these couples. And it's great every time somebody mentions something and then is picked up by the other person and say, Ah, talaga? Rotary ka rin ba? Ay, nakuha ko din. Saan ka nag-serve? Ah, ganun ba? O, naku, dito naman kami. Nakita-kita ba tayo nung magkaroon ng ganitong gathering and so on? And you would, you would notice a few of that happen in the course of introductions. And you know that as God gives you something shared with His people, the Lord is also knitting your hearts together. The reason why we look forward to reunions with our elementary and high school friends in the past is because when you sit down with them again, then you will once again recount your shared history, your shared context. Uy, naaalala mo pa ba? Nung ganito, nung ganyan. Tapos yung lumabas tayo, tapos ganito yung nangyari, and so on. And you would recount stories to each other. And then when you grow up with your family, now that your family, you each have families of your own, and then the whole family comes together, and then you guys would recount how you lived in the province, for example, or how you, you siblings grew up together, and all of that shared 
uh, life and shared history and shared context in many ways enriches further the relationship. In fact, in fact, the farther you go with people, the farther your shared history is with people, the more meaningful your relationship with them is. The biggest or the greatest friends we have are those that go all the way back, that, that all of that relationship and history. Now, if you come to think of it, the Lord has brought us together as the church. And we go way back. And we not only go way back, we go way back because we have a shared history in Jesus. When Jesus died at the cross, all of us go back to that point in time. And that is our place of identity. That's also the place of our beginnings as the church. When Jesus inaugurated the church by His sacrifice on the cross. But we not only go way back in terms of our shared history... As, uh, as the church, we also go way, way forward. What does that mean? Because we have a shared mission. We're going somewhere together and we will have a shared eternity. Now, when you come to think of that, oh boy, you're right. In all my human relationships, interestingly, yes, I have my family, but I go farther back with the church and I go further forward with the church. That's a measure of permanence of relationship. Think about that. Which is why we would like to be able to, to discover together what is it that we share. And if we share in that area, is there a way for that to be able to bring us even, more to, uh, e even further together in terms of relationship and walking with people? There you go. So going back to the passage in Matthew 16 in verse 13, it says there, Now when Jesus came... Into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Caesarea Philippi is, I think, in the northern part of Judah. And Jesus began to withdraw. This is uh, like a juncture in Jesus' ministry where he began to invest more time with his disciples. <clears throat> so, uh, less time in public, more time with his disciples. And it is at this moment that he began to talk to them also. Kumusta ba, ang, kumusta ba yung mga notifications and likes natin? Ano ba ang makikita nyo sa social media na sinasabi nila tungkol sa akin? Not, not, not that Jesus necessarily cares about his reputation, but I think he's making a point. He was asking them, who do people say that I am? So then, of course, they said, oh, you're John the Baptist. John the Baptist has already been beheaded at this point, by this time. And yet people are saying, oh, he's resurrected. And then, they also refer to him as Elijah because in the Old Testament, especially in Malachi, the last book, it talks about Elijah coming back, the spirit of Elijah coming back. And Jesus validated that and said that was actually John the Baptist. He was the one calling people, make a straight way for the Lord. And then another prophet that was mentioned was Jeremiah. So here was Jesus saying, oh, they mistake me for those. They have a perception of who I am and each of these perceptions are not necessarily accurate. But did you know that that happens to us too? When you get invited to be in church, say for example, your first time to attend, the person who told you or he who invited you actually gave you uh, who do people say that I am speech. Uy, punta ka sa church. Naku, alam mo masaya doon. Ay, ibang klase doon. Naku, tas na-experience ko nga si God doon. Tapos ito yung mga ginawa ni God para sa akin. Tara, 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 sama ka. So, you came with a second-hand information and description of who Jesus is. But Jesus apparently is not concerned about second-hand descriptions. <laughs> because he says, and they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 
And then he says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? As God progresses you in your relationship with him, at some point, you will have to wrestle with that question. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Your friend has experienced God and knows Jesus to be this and that. But how about you? Who do you say? Who do you say that Jesus is? And I like to say this even to the younger generation. I know your parents might have brought you to church. Or you may have been invited by other people, by your aunt, by your uncle. And, and then they brought you to church and you have a, you, you're, you've experienced church to a degree. But then I'll ask you the same question. Who do you say Jesus is? Because at some point, you will have to come to terms. You will have to decide for yourself who Jesus is in your life. Because who you say Jesus is will determine if and how you will follow Him. Who you say Jesus is will determine if you will follow Him and how you will follow Him. And that's important. Because in the end, in the end, uh, you will not stand on someone else's faith. It will have to be yours. When Jesus, when you struggle through life, you can't always go back, oh, tulungan mo naman ako kasi malakas ang faith mo kay God, ipapag-pray mo ko lagi. No, 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 it will have to be you. Struggle through the situation, wrestle with what the Bible says, wrestle with your own faith in God, let God bring you through your struggle and your difficulty and reveal Himself to you in a powerful way. Let Jesus do that to you. Who do you say that Jesus is? If you follow Jesus as Savior, you say, oh, no, 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 I, I, yeah, I know Jesus to be Savior. Yeah, 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 He died for me at the cross. Because of that, you will now begin to follow Him, but you will follow Him out of fear. Because, oh, I don't want to go to hell. I really need a Savior. I need someone to save me. It's almost like fire insurance. <laughs> You're getting insurance from the fires of hell. Now, I, I guess that's a good thing in terms of following Jesus as Savior, but it is incomplete. If you know Jesus to be provider... Then when life is going well financially, you won't need Him. But when you go rock bottom in your business or in your finances, then you come to God. You come to your ATM. Okay? God is like your ATM machine and you're asking God for provision. Again, that's good that you're coming to God for provision because that, because that is who He is. But again, it is incomplete. If you're depressed, going through difficulty mentally, emotionally, and you like, and you know Jesus to be the comforter and guide and a friend to you, then you'll come to Jesus. Lord, I will follow you in this way. Lord, would you come to me and encourage me at this time? Then again, that's good because that's who Jesus is. But it is incomplete. When you recognize Jesus to be Lord, now that's a different thing altogether then you'll begin to follow Him wholeheartedly. Not just in the downs of life, you'll come to Him even during the ups of life. You'll recognize, Lord, this came from you. This did not come from me. And as you go through the levels of life, you'll say, Lord, I continue to look to you and I depend on you. Lord, life is boring to me right now. It's mundane. It's repetitive. And it's purposeless. But Lord, my life is given completely to you and I will continue to serve you with all of my heart. When you go through the downs of life, Lord, I know that you are my Lord. You're the one who controls my life. You're the one who orchestrates everything that's happening. And I trust you all over again. The way you follow Jesus will be with your whole heart with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. It's different the way you, rec the, the, how you see Jesus, who you say Jesus is, will determine if 
and how you will follow him. So back to the question, who do you say Jesus is? And then Peter replies, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Galing. Ay, grabe. Nakakatuwa si Peter. Uh, Peter is known to be like impulsive and brash and interesting because at this point, he just blurts something out. Now, he blurts something out, but a few verses down, if you take a look at your Bibles, he also blurts another thing out and he gets really rebuked for it. Um, when, when, Pete, when Jesus was saying, you know what's going to happen to me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer in the hands of the elders and the priests. And then Peter went in front of him and said, rebuked him and said, no Lord, this shall not be. Ah, mali, mali pala yung no Lord. Ah. Hindi pwedeng magsama sa isang phrase ang no Lord. Did you get that? They're oxymoronic. Okay? Hindi sila pwedeng magsama. They're, they're, they're exclusive of each other. You never say no to your Lord. Okay? So, when, G- when Peter said that, talaga, he, get behind me, Satan. Uh, sinabi siya ng ganda ba? Because he did, he did not understand an aspect of who Jesus is. In fact, when Peter says, you are the Christ, that, that's a beautiful thing. Because Peter was saying that out of a history with Jesus. They've walked with Jesus for more than a year now. Peter has seen the miracles. Peter has seen, has heard Jesus' words. It even cost him to say, while every disciple was leaving in John chapter 6, he said, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So Peter already had an understanding that this guy, he's, he's awesome. And then he comes to the conclusion, he is the Christ. Did you know that that was what attracted uh, Peter to Jesus to begin with? In John chapter 1 and 2, it tells the story about Andrew and John. Magkaibigan, si Andrew and John. Now, John is the brother of James. Andrew is the brother of Peter. So, Andrew and John, they were disciples of John the Baptist. Remember, when John the Baptist began preaching, people began to follow him also. He baptized them in the Jordan River, and then they began to follow him. Now, two disciples of John, Andrew uh, sorry, Andrew and John, as they were walking one time, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Andrew and John now looked at each other and then they began to follow Jesus because that was John the Baptist endorsing them to Jesus. So they spent the afternoon with Jesus. And after that, they were so excited. Andrew went back to Peter and said, Peter, 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 come see the Messiah. Whoa. So Peter was thinking, really? Messiah? Mm. Now, the Jew- Jewish boys are, um, are oriented or educated to the Torah. The Torah would be the first five books of the Bible. They know. And, and of course, the Old Testament, the prophets, the Psalms, they know that. So in the Jewish mind, the Messiah is like a big deal. Big deal. So if, and if Andrew says, we have seen the Messiah and they've been waiting for the Messiah. So for Andrew to say, we've seen the Messiah. So Peter would really look at least at the least curiosity. And after more than a year of following Jesus, he now comes to the conclusion, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. That's a big deal for a Jewish person to say. And in the Old Testament, when they thought about the Messiah, they saw him as the anointed one. The anointed one, the closest definition they have to an anointed one would like be when a king is anointed, either by the priest or by the prophet, to lead the nation of Israel. And part of the prophecy for the Messiah is that he will sit on the throne of David and rule forever. Again, that's a big deal. For a person to rule forever, it means no one else will overcome his throne. Whoa, Israel will once again be back on its feet. Whoa, we're going to overcome the Romans. Oh yeah. So 
Messiah, you are the Christ. So Peter was actually thinking that, but he sort of missed a portion of the Messiah's story. Because part of the story of the Messiah is that he will be the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. Which is why a few verses later, Peter would rebuke Jesus and say, you shall not suffer, this shall not be. And then Jesus adjusts his understanding, his thinking of who and what the Messiah will do. But nonetheless, Peter had a revelation. You are the Messiah. Which, tama naman. It's just that mali lang si Peter ng timeline. Ang inisip niya, ngayon na kaagad. Ngayon na siya magiging victorious king. No, 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 no. It has to, he has to be the suffering servant first. But yes, eventually he will be the victorious king. The Messiah who will sit on the throne of David and he will rule forever. You are the Christ. To us, in our day, the Messiah is Savior. Think about that. The Messiah was the one who died at the cross, became the Lamb of God, became the sacrifice for our sin, suffered on our behalf, and now we have believed in Him. He is Savior. Question right back at you. Who do you say Jesus is? Are you able to say that Jesus is Savior to you? Have you already experienced His forgiveness? Then why are you still feeling guilty and condemned about the past? Have you experienced His eternal life, the gift of eternal life that He has promised? Then why is there an expectation of a bleak future? If He is truly Christ, Messiah, Savior to you, then believe. Believe that you've been forgiven of your sins. You can approach God in holiness and righteousness. Believe that he, will, that he is the one in charge of your life and bringing salvation and deliverance for you. Believe that your future is secure because of the eternity that He has prepared for you. Believe. No more condemnation. No more guilt. No more tentativeness in approaching God. You are holy, righteous, and pure. You're a saint in God's house. Come to Him. Pray to Him. Relate with Him. Because it is all by grace. He has done it all on the cross. Believe. Would you be able to say, you are the Christ. You are my Savior. Peter did not stop there. He says, you're the son of the living God. Come on. You are the son of the living God. Now, when I think about the idea of the son of the living God, again, this is even bigger. <laughs> Next level pa to. Why? Because for the Jews, they only believed in one God. One God. And in fact, for those who would suggest, remotely suggest, that there is another, they shall be stoned to death. At one point, John 5 to 6, if you study it, there would be a point that Jesus would claim, would mention that He is connected to the Father, that He, is, he, calls, he calls God Yahweh, His Father. And because of that, and you know, people began to lift, take stones, and you know, Jesus would tell them, for what of the miracles that, I'm do that I've done are you stoning me for? And then they said, no, no, we're not stoning you for the miracles because you, a mere man, claim to be God. In fact, that's what, Jesus, that's what brought Jesus to the cross. Think about that. The reason why he was crucified was because of blasphemy. Because him, a mere man, claimed to be God. At some point when he was facing the, the Jewish leaders and then Pilate was there and then at some point he acknowledged he acknowledged, you know, they destroyed this temple and then he spoke something remotely connected to the Father, to Yahweh. And because of that, do we need, do we need to hear anymore? The, the, the high priest broke his robe and said, do we need to hear more? Crucify this man! Blasphemy! And then that happened. 
So this Jesus and Peter saw that, saw all of that. And yet, and yet, he was able to come to the conclusion because Jesus would say, I'm the son of man. Again, that's another title that he takes upon himself. But at some point, he recognizes, he refers to Yahweh as his father. And so it was unequivocal. Unequivocal. There you go. It was, it, it, he had a claim, a very clear claim to deity. That's Jesus. And Peter eventually believed it. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse 4, that would be the Jewish Shama. It would be their declaration. They would say, there is only one God, one God, one God in Israel. They would say that repeatedly. And so for Peter to come to the conclusion that you are the Son of God, he was actually, again, coming from the Old Testament. They knew, they knew that there was something like that, remotely connected to that. And that, and, and, and that when, when he said that you are the Son of the living God, he was actually saying, you are the creator of the world. John had the same revelation. In John chapter 1, he would say, you know, he is the logos. He is the word by which all of these things had been created. So when Peter affirmed that, he was affirming the creator of the known world of his time, the known universe. He was saying, you are the son of the living God. And by virtue of that, you are Lord. You are Lord. Peter came to that conclusion and he said, you're the Christ, Savior, you're Son of the living God, you are Lord. So I bring back the question to you, who do you say that Jesus is? Have you surrendered your life completely to Him as Lord? Then why the struggle in giving up this area of sin? Then why the reservations when it comes to following Him in this particular direction He is leading you to? Then why the difficulty to give up this wrong relationship? Who do you say that Jesus is? Because who you say Jesus is will determine if and how you follow Him. And I love that part. Jesus' response to Peter, blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah. Because blessed are you when you recognize that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you. My encouragement, I know all of us will have to go through our own journey with Jesus, our own journey with God. And part of the struggle is always a struggle of lordship. Will I give it up? Will I let go? Will I trust Him completely? Will I take the step of faith? Our encouragement Go ahead. Experience Jesus as Lord yourself. Do not have a second-hand faith. The stories that you hear from other people, experience it yourself. Go take the step of faith. Go give up everything for God. Go let go of the things that are preventing you from seeking God completely. Go let go, let go of the things that prevent you, that stand in between you and your relationship with God. The biggest one, I think, I think uh, uh, that I had to go through in terms of letting go has been around 1998. It was the time I was already 20 years old then. Then I was on my way to work abroad, supposedly for my family, for my parents, and for my younger siblings. Pag-aaraling ko sila. Pero at that point, God interrupted me and said, John, you're gonna go to the ministry now. And that was struggle for me. But I had to give up my love, 
for my parents and my love for my siblings and my sense of responsibility for my family in order to be able to serve God. And that was the most difficult thing I have ever done in my life. But it had to be done because Jesus is Lord. Don't worry, God already vindicated that. God, <laughs> kumbaga, nakagraduate pa rin ng kapatid ko, nabunso, and the Lord was the one who blessed our family in the process. And my parents now appreciate that they have a son as a pastor. So, But the point is, it was something that I had to go through personally. And there was no way, there was no skirting that route. It is like a blockade in my path. And I'll have to face it or else forever be tentative in my relationship with God. Some of you might be facing something like that. Who do you say Jesus is? Because if you do say He is Lord, blessed are you, my friend. You will experience God's breakthrough. Yes, you will. The Lord will be the one to take care of you. When you take that step of faith, the Lord will be the one to vindicate His direction for your life. The Lord will be the one to provide. The Lord will strengthen it. So, you, But you will have to call, but you will have to make that call, that decision. Lord, you are Savior. Lord, you are Lord. And because of that, I will follow you wholeheartedly. No reservations, an absolute type of surrender. God, I am yours completely. And blessed are you when you recognize that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> the rest of the passage says, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then he says, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, this particular passage is very controversial. In history, it has always been, oh, who is the rock? Is it Peter, Jesus, or Dwayne Johnson? Sino nga ba talaga? Okay. Dun sa tatlong yon. Wala naman dito si Dwayne sa choices. But I guess we'll have to choose between Peter and Jesus. Then let's, and I'd like to demonstrate a bit about how we could study the scripture to be able to understand it better in terms of what it could say. Going back to that, to verse 17, it says there, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. I'd like to highlight a contrast. Because, you know, Peter would talk to, G, to uh, Jesus would talk to Peter and just mention Peter. But this time he says, Simon, which is his uh, birth name. Not Peter. Remember, Peter is a name Jesus gave. So here, Jesus calls him out, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar means son. Simon, son of Jonah. And then Jesus would refer to himself, but my father. Jesus gives a contrast. Second one, he says, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Human, divine. And finally, he gives this one more contrast. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Petrus and Petra. They're different. Petrus would be a pebble or pebbles. But Petra, it would be like a mount, a rocky mountain outcrop. It's like a, it's like a rocky hill. It's, it's solid. Petrus would be mentioned at least 150 times in the New Testament and would always refer to Peter. Petra would be mentioned only 14 times in the New Testament, 10 times as an inanimate rocky object like this one, and then four times referring to Christ. In fact, let me give you a specific passage in Romans chapter 9, verse 33. As it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And we know that rock of offense mentioned in, second, in 1 Peter chapter 2 
would be the same cornerstone, the rock that has the stone that has been rejected by men but chosen by God, a precious cornerstone. That would be Jesus. And second one would be 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock, yes, not Dwayne Johnson, but Christ. Finally, parang, whoa, okay to ah, talaga. And it makes sense. It makes sense that Jesus would build His church, not on a human being, not on who would, a few verses down, make a huge uh, perception, uh, misperception and mistake. But he would build the church on the rock of his identity. <laughs> the identity that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's almost like saying, you are Peter. Small pebble. Pero, okay, but, and, yung kanina, sinay mo kanina, I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. On this rock, I will build my church. And it is stable. Very similar to when it says, when you build your house on the rock, the same one, Petra, the house will not come crumbling down. Jesus says, I'll build my house. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love the whole idea of the word church there. Again, we know that to be ecclesia, which is where we get the word iglesia. And the idea of ecclesia is to call people out. To call people out. To call people out from somewhere. From darkness into light. To call people out also means to name them. Did you know that God called you out by name? You knew that, which is why you responded to Him. And when God calls, part of it is also calling, by, aside from calling by name, calling to give you a new name, which is us together. We, your people, the church. We now have a new identity in Christ. As the church together, God has called us out. And one of the first things that we share is that we have a shared Lord and a shared faith. A shared Lord, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. A shared faith in Him. And the beautiful thing is that, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I love that. Shall not prevail against it. Jesus calls us out together into the shared faith in Him as Lord. So I'd like to ask you these two questions. Who do you say Jesus is? Because if He is Lord, then serve Him only. And together we are part of the church. And therefore we are well-founded, well-built, and shall prevail. I love those two implications because I realize, Lord, it will always be a daily challenge. Today we're calling you out and saying, surrender to Jesus as Lord. Tomorrow you'll do it again. But in the process of living your life, know that you are not alone. You have a shared faith and a shared Lord with us. And together we are founded on the rock. We are well built. We are strong. And we shall prevail together because Jesus is the one who builds His church. And if you're part of His church, then your life, your life, your life will prevail as well. All of that to say, you know, that Jesus builds His church and called us out together in this shared faith in Him as Lord. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.